0: I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today. And now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the wait list right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifestation Bay podcast. I know it's been a while. I know. I know. (laughs) If you're a regular listener, you're probably like, finally, Catherine's back. Um, I am back. I am fully back. I actually cannot leave my house again. Well, I can leave my house. I just can't leave Los Angeles because I am officially in the space where I can't travel anymore because it's almost time for birth, which is so exciting and also means that I have all this time now because I've done so much baby prep while abroad buying all kinds of stuff that I just need to organize. I have a lot of time to create content, so I'm going to do my best to batch content that will keep you happy and sustained throughout July. And then also hopefully I will pump out enough to sustain you through my maternity leave, which I weirdly enough, like never really planned for my maternity leave. It's just something where I'm like, you know what, when the baby comes, I'm just going to let go. I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way to batch a ton of content and like stress myself out leading up to the birth because, stress is the last thing that I want in my body as I'm preparing for this like big marathon that I'm going into. I need all my energy. I need all my energy for my role as a new mom. So, we're just going to work with whatever comes through. Um, but speaking of which, besides my podcast, I'm also prioritizing creating TikTok content. Now, I know, I know. Think what you want about TikTok. I am obsessed with TikTok. I have been for a while. I've actually been more of a consumer than a creator on TikTok. <laughs> I'm like one of those people that is scrolling, 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 but not really posting anything or take or creating any, you know, of my own content, except for, of course, whatever I, um, you know, repurpose from reels because I would focus on Instagram reels, but not really TikTok. Anyway, long story short. I fell in love with the TikTok, so I have been prioritizing myself on there. I'm actually working on creating a bunch of mini podcasts, kind of like a mini Q&A series on TikTok, aside from my usual entertaining and uh, uh, informative content in terms of like little skits and stuff that you see me do on Reels. So if you haven't followed me on TikTok yet, it's very simple. It's just manifestation, babe. So you can find me at Manifestation Babe on TikTok, at Manifestation Babe on Instagram. If you haven't followed me on Instagram yet, what are you doing with your life? And of course, Manifestation Babe podcast, which you've already found. Congratulations because you are here. So anyway, um, I'm out of breath already. (laughs) So let's dive into this episode because I'm currently 35 and a half. No, wait, I am actually today 35 weeks pregnant. So a little out of breath. Babies deep in my ribs, deep in my diaphragm. So I apologize if I'm like huffing and puffing. That's just the reality that you're going to have to face until I give birth. Okay? Okay. So um, I shared something on Instagram while I was on my baby moon. And I talked about how when I'm ready to share the story, I'm going to share a crazy story of my biggest fear. <laughs> like I'm telling you. My biggest fear manifesting while on my baby moon in Greece. And what's so interesting is that when I wrote that, I was not ready to share the story. And for some reason, the next day I was. It's just something that my consciousness was like, you need to process this. You need to share it. And I shared it via Instagram stories. But what do we know about Instagram stories? Instagram stories, they um, expire after 24 hours. So not so many people heard the story and I've made some content on Instagram around it and how it taught me such incredible life lessons. Like it reignited my soul in such a weird way, right? I would have never expected for this to happen in order for me to get something that I've been asking for from the universe. So I consider it to be a gift from the universe, but holy freaking shit, you guys. So I promised I would share the story on the podcast episode. And more importantly than the story, of course, I want to share what my key takeaways were, what I learned from the experience and, um, yeah, so let's just dive into it. And just so you know, there is a trigger warning here. So if you ever lost a loved one or came close to losing a loved one and you're not in the space to hear a story like this, then definitely click out just because, I don't know, I might cry as I'm sharing this story. I might trigger something within you that triggers PTSD-like symptoms that I've been facing for the last um, couple weeks, kind of sort of, because I did have a session with a trauma therapist. And once I did that helped me clear a lot of it. So I'm not really in the same emotional space that I was in when it happened. Thank God. So if you're someone who's still in that emotional space, and it's something that happened in the past, I highly recommend you find someone who specializes in clearing trauma and processing trauma because it has been such a game changer for me. And it's the reason why I can come on a podcast and publicly share a story like this. So anyway, If you can't handle it, please don't handle it. Don't force yourself to handle it. Um, I want to make sure this is as safe of a space as possible. So let's see. Another thing I wanted to mention is that before I go into the story, we're okay. There's nothing to worry about. (laughs) So I'm okay. Brennan's okay. Baby's okay. Everyone is thriving. So that's the beauty of this is that I'm here on a podcast able to share this story. So please don't worry. I'm not sharing this story out of pity. I don't want any pity. It's just something that's part of my process, something that's part of my learnings and something that I think that you can get a lot out of by hearing such a story and then hearing the takeaways from the story. So some backstory to the story is that as soon as I got pregnant, which is what, eight and a half months ago, almost nine months ago now, just crazy. Seriously, it would be nine months next week. Um, I developed a fear of something bad happening to Brennan. So, this is totally normal and natural for someone who's going through such a vulnerable time. Is that in this time, you need your partner the most, right? You're really relying on your partner to be there for you. You're thinking about the birth, you're thinking about, you know, having a father or a mother or whatever for your baby, for your child it's completely normal. And I've talked to a lot of pregnant people before um, about this and they've shared very similar fears. So the only thing is, is that unfortunately at times it's become so severe for me that it would consume me to the point where I was controlling Brennan (laughs) of which gas station that he can go to in LA. Like that's a little too much, right? And I was constantly worried about his driving and what, his, what he's eating and his health and this and that. And oh my God, it would just consume me because my biggest fear was for me to be a widowed single mom right before the birth. Well, honestly, at any point in time, it's a big fear for people, right? But especially like right before the baby would come, that something bad would happen to Brennan and I would lose him. And on our baby moon, which was in Greece a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, we came back a couple of days ago, but the incident happened a couple of weeks ago. My biggest fear manifested. So here's the story I have no notes on this. So I'm literally speaking from memory. And again, this is after I had a trauma session that really helped me jumble up the memory, like emotionally. Like I remember everything that happened, but I'm not in the same space emotionally. Um, And so if I miss any details, of course, like that's normal. It's because I've been able to process it, let it go, disconnect from it and uh, move forward and really hold on to the positive meanings because I think that everything in life has a positive meaning behind it. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. So let me take you back, shall we? Um, We are in Mykonos, which is a Greek island, not too far from Athens. And um Brennan, me and my mom, yes, my mom was on our baby moon. So we call it the grandma moon and the baby moon. It's been a big dream of mine to take my mom to Italy, but because we ended up canceling the Italy part of our trip this year just because I didn't want to overextend my travels, I was like, "Hey mom, are you going to be upset if we just take you to Greece?" And she looks at me like, "Are you fucking crazy?" <laughs> of course not. So great. We're all in Greece. And um, Brennan and I went to Greece also for work purposes. So we had a private VIP retreat with our good friends, Jeremy and Angie, who are also our mentors in the travel influencer space. And then we had um, the like group retreat. And I was also the guest speaker at the group retreat. So we had like these two work elements. We had a break in between of three nights. And then afterwards, we had like six nights that we spent just vacationing. So it's like a baby moon meets a grandma moon meets a work moon. Okay. And on these three nights, I'm super excited. My mom lands in Mykonos with us and we have an amazing day. Like an amazing day. We get some lunch. I remember walking through the streets, like, we go shopping. My mom's like, Holy shit, I love Mykonos. And I'm like, Cool. So let's uh, turn ourselves in early tonight and then let's have like a big day tomorrow. We're going to get some work done at the hotel in the morning. And then we are going to, you know, go to this taverna um, that we have a reservation at. And we're going to drive around and blah, 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 whatever. Doesn't matter. Small detail. And so the next day comes around and um, I have some work to get done because I'm preparing for, for a presentation. I also have some other things to do. So Brennan goes to the pool and he's hanging out by the pool for like a couple hours. My mom then joins him because she's hungry. And about an hour later, I'm finally like, okay, I'm going to join them too. So we go outside and at this point my mom sends me a menu. So I put my order in. I think Brennan's been outside in this like cabana area for about three hours. And my mom has been there for like an hour. And then I come in, we eat and we're having like such a great time. The food is bomb the hotel has great vibes. It's kind of like a party scene. It kind of feels like Las Vegas and Mykonos, which Mykonos really is like the Vegas of Greece. So if you think that Mykonos is like this quiet island, family-friendly vibes, it really isn't. It's more so for like groups and parties, but I just love the energy there. And so for like a couple nights, it's fun for me. Um, and so, and of course I'm the only pregnant woman there. (laughs) Like I'm eight and a half months pregnant. My belly is sticking out so, so far. And, uh, I make my way to the pool. You know, people are looking at me because of course it's like very noticeable. I'm very pregnant here in Mykonos at this like party hotel. And, um, we sit down to eat lunch and we're eating lunch and After a while, I get really annoyed because the sun is so hot and it's just in my face and like I'm starting to burn. I'm starting to overheat. I don't want to be there anymore. And of course, being pregnant, your body just runs a much higher temperature. And so because of that, like I got to go back inside. And I think I had like a little bit more of work done before we were going to prepare to go out and about in Mykonos. So I tell my mom and Brennan, hey, I'm going to go back. And I grab the key. Um, I think it's like the only key we had, but I was just gonna let them back into the hotel room, so it's fine. And I see that the cleaners are still in our room, and I don't know how long they've been there. I don't know how long they have, but I'm like, you know what? It doesn't take that long to clean a hotel room. We haven't really made a mess, so I'm gonna give them 10 to 15 minutes, and I'll just come back out. I'll just come back in. So I go back out to the pool. It's not a very far walk, and I'm sitting there for like another 10 to 15 minutes. And I remember for some reason looking at Brennan and saying, hey, babe, your heart looks like it's racing. Please drink some water. And so I give him water and he drinks it. And then I'm like, okay, I think it's time to go. And at the same time, my mom is also like, yeah, you know what? I'm getting sick of the sun too. Let's go. And then um, Brennan is also like, you know what? Yeah, let's go. And so we're getting up and here's where it begins. So I'm reaching into my purse to grab my key. And my mom is standing with me because again, my mom and I get up and Brennan is finishing up something on his computer. And then all of a sudden I hear a thud and I see Brennan's laptop still wide open fall on the ground. And then Brennan falls on the side, on his side, like on the chair, like we're in the cabana. So if you think about like a, like an outdoor couch, you know, those like outdoor pool couches, it's basically what, what it is. So he falls on his side. And at first my mom and I had the same thought, because of course we processed this, we talked about this. We had the same thought. Like Brennan's playing some weird joke on us. Like he's showing us that he's ready to get out of here. Like he's tired. You know, like how you pretend to like faint or whatever. I don't know. Do you do that? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And um, and then I look at him and I'm like, something is off why are his eyes wide open? And he's just blankly staring at the couch and I go Brennan and he's not responding. And then my mom and I pick him up. Like we lift him up into a seated position and we're like Brennan, no response. And this moment I go fuck because when I tell you the look in his eyes, he was not there. I've never, I've seen people faint before. I've seen people pass out. You know, I've lived, I've lived my life. I've seen it all (laughs) and it just wasn't the same. And I remember my mom and I pounding on him, like Brennan, 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 Brennan. And he's giving us the blankest stare. Like, I swear to you guys, he's not there. And then my mom, she's a nurse, and she checks his breathing. He's not breathing. And I will never forget stepping to the side, screaming bloody murder, can somebody please help somebody call a doctor like 911? I don't, I don't even think I said 911 because somehow my brain processed like, Hey, Catherine, you're in Greece. So like 911 is probably a different number. And I remember stepping to the side and seeing my big belly, like in my peripherals, I see my big belly. I'm eight and a half months pregnant. My husband just passed away. And I'm coming home without him. Like literally, that was the thought that processed through my head. And I remember being like, "This is it. Like he's gone. Like our contract is over. For some reason, he chose to leave now. I don't know. Like I, I swear to God, I don't know how all these thoughts process through me. It was like everything. If you've ever gone through uh, an experience like this, you know that it all happens in slow motion. So for some reason, you have like so much time to process. And at the same time, it's like something that takes a couple seconds. And I just remember the hotel, like everybody running from the pool, the staff, especially, of course. But like we have all these observers all of a sudden and we're just pounding Brennan, like Brennan, 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 Brennan. Brennan. And like my mom is like really pounding on him. And at this moment, I just black out. So I don't really know what exactly happens. I remember grabbing my phone and somehow trying to Google. Well, first of all, I texted my shaman and I said, please help. Something's happening um, because he has the ability to energetically show up instantly in the moment he's called. And I remember also at the same time trying to Google, how do you call 911 in Greece? But for some reason, my fingers couldn't type that out. And I remember the staff coming through and being like, give him some space give him some space this happens all the time and i look at i'm looking at them like what do you mean this happens all the time what the fuck are you talking about like he's not there he's gone and um i just remember at that point like i was i accepted the fate i black out and i only know what happens next because of what my mom said so my mom said that in that moment she started giving him cpr and so she started like, you know, pulsing his chest and she gave him two breaths. And she said that after the two breaths, he came back. And so from my perspective, I just remember all of a sudden hearing the guys at work at the hotel being like, he's back, he's back, he's back. And then I hear Brennan go, Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm telling you, the time period between all this happening was 90 seconds okay but it felt like a fucking eternity and i remember being in such shock that i sat down on the chair next to him like it's it's not really like a real cabana where it has like a roof and a separation but it's just a bunch of couches along the side right so i remember sitting on the side of him on the other couch and just in a completely frozen state looking at the table in front of me. And I remember the staff all coming up to me and being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I remember this is my response, you guys. So classic. (laughs) I said, yeah, physically I'm okay, but psychologically I'm not. (laughs) Like I'm going to need a therapist after this. And, uh, you know, this Greek guy didn't understand what I was talking about. He's like, the therapist is on their way. And I think he meant like, he thought I meant doctor, but I meant like, no, I need trauma work now. Okay, sir. Um, and so I remember Brennan literally from his perspective, this is so wild, nothing happened. So he fainted. Right. And from, and the thing is, is that guys, I thought he had a heart attack. That was my biggest fear. So I was like, where is the doctor? That's the first thing I asked after I I was asked, like, are you okay? I'm like, where's the doctor? Where's the doctor? Where's the emergency services? Like he needs to get checked out ASAP because I was so worried about his heart. And um, they said, the doctor's coming. Doctor's coming. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And I was like, okay. And in that moment, my mom and I, you know, we're recollecting ourselves. We're like, let's go to the room because Brendan, I think you may have had a heat stroke. Because we realized, and this is my mom and I like calculating things, we realized that he hadn't drank water that day. It was around 2 p.m. and he's been out by the pool since like 8 a.m. So that's like six hours, right? He had two bowls of hookah, which is very dehydrating. He had like three cups of coffee, also dehydrating, and a whole bottle of wine. Now, this is not all at the same time, you guys. (laughs) Of course, that would be concerning, but it's like a six-hour period. And the thing is, is that it wasn't really that hot, but the sun was directly shining on us because of the wind. If you've ever been to Mykonos, it's very windy. And so you don't really notice the heat. Like you don't notice how fried you're getting until you come back inside and you're like, shit, I'm sunburned because of the wind. And I immediately made Brennan drink two glasses of water. And I said, we need to take you to an air conditioned room. So we're walking back and Brennan is like completely fine. He's coherent, not confused. I asked him like, what happened to you? Thinking this guy just had a near death experience. And he's like, nothing. I just blinked. And all of a sudden you guys are all in front of me. And I'm like, really confused. Why? Why? I'm like, okay, all right. So that's kind of a good sign. Okay. You didn't really die from your perspective. It just looked like it. Um, let's go back to the hotel room. And so we started walking back, and the staff were going, no, no, no. Doctor's on their way. And we said, yeah, that's great. Send him to our room. Here's our room number. We're going to be there because I don't think that him sitting in the sun and dehydrating even more is going to be quite good for him. So we go to the room and we're walking down this hallway. And thankfully, the The walk to a room is not that long, but there's like a hallway, there's an elevator and there's like one more hallway and we're there. So we're waiting by the elevator and I don't even know what conversation we're having, but we're standing at the elevator and my mom all of a sudden goes, Brennan, you look pale. And I look at him and all of a sudden he goes stone cold like I literally see all the blood drain out of his head. He has no emotion, no facial expression, just those eyes, those glass dead looking eyes again happen. And he collapses on the floor again. And I, guys, this time I was like, if he survived once, he's not going to survive twice. Second of all, I started screaming, where the fuck is the doctor? Like at the top of my lungs. And my memory is so convoluted because the next day I looked at the layout of the hotel and I was like, wow, this is not what it looked like in that moment. In that moment, I thought I was screaming into people's rooms, but where where I was actually screaming was right next to the door to the kitchen of the hotel. And so all the staff, the same staff that just helped us, they're like, oh shit, it's happening again. They run out and we start pounding Brennan again. And I'm like, fuck me. Like I just remember going through the exact same emotions twice, you guys twice, twice. I remember looking at my belly and being like, that's it. He's gone. And I didn't even want to know if he's breathing. Does he have a pulse? Like it's almost like you don't want to know. It's really scary. I understand now why, and my mom and I talked about this, why surgeons don't operate on their own family members is because the emotional connection that you have. Like my mom was, my mom's a nurse And she said that in that moment, she was showing up as a mother, not necessarily as a nurse. So though she did perform CPR and all that stuff and like knew what she was doing, she was also very emotional, very heightened, also thought that he died, like straight up. She said that. And of course that added to my trauma because it was a confirmation for me of like, oh my God, like that was real. That was so real. So Brennan's on the ground, unconscious again and my mom hears she tells how she hears him like gurgling which is a good sign you know and all of a sudden the water that he i made him drink outside comes out and so now he's laying unconscious in like a puddle of water And after about, I want to say 30 seconds this time, he comes back. And this time he's aggravated, which is a very normal thing. My mom says when people lose consciousness, they sometimes come back aggravated and confused. And it's just like a normal process for them. So Brennan's like really aggravated. Like, why are we freaking out? Why are there people on top of him? What's going on? Why is he wet? Like, again, he blinks and he opens his eyes and he's on the ground. That's his perspective. And for us, you know, we're watching like the slow motion movie that's going on forever. And thank God in this moment, the doctor comes up and I see this guy with like a briefcase, right? You know, like private doctors, they come with like a briefcase. He says, Hey, I'm Dr. Lucas. I'm a um, emergency medicine physician, also a surgeon. You are safe in my hands. Like, hello. And we're like, thank God you're here. Right. And thank God Brennan's awake again. And I just remember freaking out, like, is this going to keep happening? What if this keeps happening at night? Like, what if this happens while I'm dead asleep and we can't do anything about it and he's gone forever? And so my nightmare just continued to unfold. Even though he kept coming back, it was like I the, the fear and uncertainty of like, is he going to keep doing this? And like, what is going on? There's no explanation to this. Of course, we had a theory of dehydration, but again, that's just me and my mom, right? It's not like we ran tests on him. So we go to the hotel room, and my mom tells me that it happened a third time in the elevator, but he didn't like it. Like he was about to, but the doctor like kind of brought him back really quickly. And so, um, anyway, we walk back into the hotel room, and Brennan is like completely normal. By the time we get to the hotel room, he's sitting down and the doctor is saying, Hey, do you know your name? Do you know where you are? Do you know what happened? And he's like answering all the questions normally, completely normal. And I am just sitting on the bed in the most frozen state. You guys, I can't even look at him. I can't, I just, I remember not even breathing. Like I'm just staring off into the distance and I'm just not there. I'm just like psychologically turned off. And so the doctor starts doing tests. Blood pressure, normal. Blood sugar, normal. He brings a cardiologist. This is like my fear, right? Cardiologist comes in. He's like, this guy gets excited, you guys. (laughs) And I'm so confused why this guy is so happy. But he's like, wow, this is the healthiest heart I've ever seen. This is like an athlete's heart. Wow, this is incredible. Like, look at his heart. Look at the size. Look at this. Look at the strength. Wow, 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 wow. And he's like super excited about Brendan's heart. So we're like even more confused. We're like, okay heart's normal, breathing's normal, oxygenation of the blood, normal, blood sugar, normal, blood pressure, normal, everything normal. Okay. What the fuck? And so after about three hours of testing, he gets an IV. I think he got an IV for rehydration, but also just to have like a IV open in case something happens again, the doctor can just quickly bring him back with like, I don't know. He had a bunch of vials of things. And so we're laying on the bed After about three, four hours, the doctor leaves and I'm in shock, you guys, like completely in shock. I don't know how I fell asleep that night. I remember going to breakfast the next day and I'm having PTSD flashes all night, all night. I'm waking up every hour and I hear the thud of the laptop and I see Brennan fall to the side. We lift him up and I see his eyes. That scene repeated over and over and over and over and over again for at least three days, very vividly. And then it started to kind of disappear and fade. And then, like I said, I saw a trauma specialist. He really helped me scramble the memory. He helped me like scramble, like by scramble, I, again, like I just shared the memory, right? So obviously it's all there, but it's like the emotions are not attached to the memory. So that's what I mean by scramble. Whew. okay. So that's the story. And, uh, you know, the doctor basically said it's dehydration. That's what happened. He had a heat stroke, which by the way, you guys, please fucking hydrate yourselves, please. Like I've been on Brennan's ass ever since then, just hydrating him. And he's been drinking so much water and he was completely fine. Just thriving the rest of the trip. And I remember being so confused, like, why did this happen, right? Because I'm a psychoanalyst pretty much for a living. So I'm always analyzing, like, why did this happen? My mom and I had to go through this super traumatic moment while Brennan has zero attachment to the memory whatsoever. In fact, he gets really uncomfortable when I share this story, but he's allowed me to, of course. That's why I am. But he feels uncomfortable because he feels ashamed that like, he can't do anything about it and he wasn't a part of it. It's like he was out of control the whole time and to him, nothing happened. Right. It's very, very interesting. And I remember it took me about five days later of just trying to figure out, okay, why did this happen? Because I don't believe that anything happens in life for no reason. There's always a reason behind everything. And there's a silver lining and there's beauty and there's positivity on the other side of everything. And so here's what I learned from the experience. Number one, it hit me like a ton of bricks when we were in Eos, which is the next island that we went to during the retreat, that I have been praying for this to happen. Now you're probably thinking like, Catherine, what the fuck are you talking about praying for this to happen? Okay. So a couple months prior to this, I've been feeling all kinds of confusion (laughs) around my new identity shift going into my new role as a mom. And I just remember having so much like excitement and motivation towards becoming a mom and very little excitement and motivation towards my business. And that was concerning to me because for so long my career has been my baby and now I have this like actual real human baby. And it's like, I don't want to lose my career over this because my career is so important to me. My mission and my purpose has been this part of my identity. And now it's like almost falling apart from my identity. It's just detaching itself and I don't want to lose it. So what's going on? And so I remember literally telling the universe, (laughs) this is why they say, be careful what you wish for. But I honestly, Don't I don't like saying that because I don't like putting fear into people's minds, right? Wish for whatever you want to wish for, okay? Only beauty is going to come out of it. And so what I was writing to the universe, I wrote this down in the journal and I said, Dear universe, show me my new mission and I will go for it 100%. Show me my life purpose, my new life purpose, and I will recommit myself or commit myself to it at 100,000%. And so when this happened, I realized what my mission was, what my purpose was. I realized how precious life is, how precious time is, that life can literally end in a flash. You can go from having fun at a pool, eating lunch with your family members, to literally expiring (laughs) or seeing a family member, quote unquote, expire right in front of you. And yet we live our lives as if we have all the time in the world forever and ever and ever, which yes, there is an abundance of time. So I'm not trying to instill this fear that like we're running out of time and you're behind and oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, that so many people get into. It's just that Are you choosing the life of alignment that you desire for yourself on a day-by-day-by-day, maybe even moment-by-moment basis? I am here. The reason why I'm here to do my work is because I'm here to help people stop wasting their time. Stop wasting their potential and start living the life of their dreams. It's like everything I've already been doing and teaching and it's the purpose behind everything in my business already, except I have it from a new perspective, a much more powerful perspective. When I tell you That I made the decision that day that I would make the most out of life on a moment by moment by moment basis and have more appreciation and more gratitude for everybody in my life and everything that happens in my life than I ever have before. That's exactly what I got out of it. Watching my husband almost disappear in front of me and have my biggest fear just manifest right in front of me that fast and that instantly just completely woke me up. And I realized that's what I'm here for. I'm here to wake people up. Like no more lollygagging around. No more being stuck in unfulfilling relationships, having toxic friendships, believing that you're just here to work, you know, until you die and just pay your bills and die. That you're here to, you know, have a boss that mistreats you that you're here to not take care of yourself and give the best to yourself. You know, right now is the best time. Every single moment is the best time to uphold new boundaries for your life. Discover what it is that you want out of life. Leave a job that you fucking hate. There's no point, you guys. There is no time. There's time, but there is no time. That's why this happened to me is because I'm here to help you really understand that because I have so embodied this in my soul now that my life has actually looked brighter and is actually, I've never been more inspired, more appreciative, more grateful, happier, more fulfilled, more excited. More ready to give back than I ever have because of this traumatic moment. And a lot of people can look at this moment and be like, oh no, poor her, this horrible thing happened to her, or like, oh my God, God hates me, or the universe hates me, or whatever. And I see this as nothing but a gift from the universe. Now, I really needed to burp out my fear. And after consulting with my really good friend, James Wedmore, Um, actually this happened really close to the launch of Business by Design. And so we were talking and I told him what happened. And he's like, Catherine, you burped out your fear. And this is a concept that my shaman talks about, where when you have this fear that's getting in the way of fulfilling your dharma, of you fulfilling your dharma, your life purpose and your potential, the universe will literally give it to you so that you can burp it out of yourself. And how you burp it out Is by facing it (laughs) and really making you realize that you're never in control. What's meant to happen will happen. Tough shit, okay? (laughs) What's meant to happen will happen. Like, we all have contracts that we signed before coming here, and we cannot control the contract from our human side. Like, we just can't. So, there's no point of trying to control things. The only thing we can control is by utilizing our time wisely utilizing what we're given wisely and investing our time rather than just passing the time or just scrolling away through the time is how we stay in control because that's the only control that we have. And realizing that no matter what happens, you're still going to be okay. You're going to get through anything. You are resilient. You're going to get through anything. And if you can't, help is out there to help you. You are never ever alone. I always tell people I think the biggest cosmic joke of this planet is that there's 8 or 9 billion of us and we learn a lot from being in relationship with each other. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of our triggers and a lot of these like frustrations in life come from other people. But there's we're stuck with 9 billion of each other, so we have to figure out how to learn from our triggers. And so it's very similar in the sense that like we're going to have to face things with each other and realize that we're still okay and also understand that there's people out there who can help us and we can support each other and we can ask for help and ask for support when we need it. Again, more life lessons that come out of having each other. And then also another big thing that came out of this for me is experiencing a traumatic moment so that I know what it feels like to have a traumatic moment more recently than the childhood trauma that I've had. So through this experience, I obviously had to hire a trauma therapist, right, to co- help me cope with the event. Now, if it wasn't for the trauma training that I've had in the last year, I wouldn't have prioritized this. But I understand what trauma does to your body. I understand how it can stifle you from manifesting your desires. I understand how it can keep you in fear, how it can keep you stuck, how it can keep you immobilized. And like, that's not going to help anybody, right? I just said, let's stop wasting our fucking time. And so I knew that if I wouldn't have gotten the help that I need, I'd be wasting my time. So like I said, I had PTSD-like symptoms for an entire week before I saw the therapist. Um, The flashbacks, oh my God, the fucking flashbacks. But anyway, after hiring him, this experience I realized just helped me get a better sense of how trauma works and the importance of doing trauma work. Especially since this is something I've really gotten into lately, and I'm constantly learning about. Like, there's other certifications that I'm looking for currently that would help me um, better integrate this work into my work. So, my goal is not to be a trauma therapist per se, but understand how trauma can prevent us from manifesting our dream life, so that I can help people clear their traumas as much as I possibly could within the scope of my work, um, so that. My students can get better results. And because most of my trauma has been, you know, 20 plus years ago, like the childhood trauma, like the big T trauma stuff, right? Um, I'm not necessarily that closely connected to it. And so, yes, it affects me. And I've done a lot of work on disconnecting from it and healing from it, but it's not something that happened fresh. So, I didn't really understand what it's like to have fresh trauma. So again, gift from the universe. Let's give Catherine some fresh trauma. See how she she overcomes it. And that will help her be a better teacher. That will help her be a better embodiment of the work that she's teaching. And I just take this as nothing but a gift. I take all of this that I just shared with you as nothing but a gift. So yeah, that's my story. (laughs) That's what happened in Greece that's what I was talking about. Um, It was crazy, but I'm on the other side of it. Brennan is thriving. I'm thriving. Baby's okay. Of course, my next fear was like, oh my God, what if this stress puts me in uh, um, premature labor? Oh my God. And I just really, like it gave me a whole nother level of this mindset work that I'm so big on of managing my fears managing what I'm in control of, letting go what I'm not in control of, and just being like, you know what? If the baby wants to come right now in Greece. We're going to have a Greek residency <laughs> thanks to the baby. We're going to have a Greek passport. Like, What's the worst that can happen? We're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. <sighs> so yeah, that's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you have something similar that happened to you Hopefully this gave you a better sense of another perspective that you could look at this from. Um, I know that when I shared this on Instagram, you guys have been so amazing. A lot of you shared similar stories and um, said that me sharing was very healing for you. And I just want to say that you sharing with me has been very healing for me. And it is an experience that I would not wish on anybody. I would not wish on, you know like they say, not that I have enemies or anything, but on my on my enemies, I would not wish this either. And um, yeah, there was something else I was going to say, but for some reason it just left me. Hold on. What was I going to say? This pregnancy brain is real, you guys. It's so real. I think that's it. All right. I love you guys so, so much. I will catch you in the next episode. I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope you realize that life is always happening for you. I hope you realize that there's so much to appreciate. There's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to live for and that you make the most out of life because that's what I want for you. And that's my intention of recording this episode is because that is what I want for you. All right. Have a beautiful day and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.